Yeah, welcome to the Anxious in Austin podcast. Um, we, I am Dr. Marianne Stout. I'm Dr. Thomas Smithyman. Colleague, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you call me an electrical colleague. Illustrious. Illustrious, okay, cool. Illustrious. <laughs> you do have a cord coming out with ear. Uh huh. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> I am currently connected through wires to uh, an electrical circuit. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. Welcome to the Anxious and Austin podcast. Yeah. Topic for today. I didn't super clarify for you. So. No. No. I, I actually had very little understanding of what it was we were talking about, but I'm curious to find out. So I'm guessing you have prepared a lot then. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like it was in the realm of like social stuff yeah. or like it social is. anxiety. So I had so you probably already, already done some stuff on that. Yeah. Um, so I had a client, I have a client who came to talk with me about, mm, this part I did not look up to research, but that this, there's this, um, planned community in Georgia that she was interested in. It's like kind of a big like art scene, everything there. And she went to do research from like an art perspective and was doing all these interviews and found that all these people are talking about how wonderful it was for them socially and that their happiness was increased. And she was like, oh, I really had thought it would be something to do with like all of this amazing art that they were gonna be around. But it turns out it was like, because they were like the community, I should really look it up, but it was um, like people live in a certain area and then all the parks and green space and everything you have to kind of walk to or is next to. And so people are really um, interacting a lot more and okay. kind of like, yeah, have so much more of like, and you don't have cars around there. You, know, you can take like golf carts around and things that there's just a lot more of this interaction piece. Yeah. With uh-huh. Sense of community because they all community. See- Yes. All the time. Um, and it had made me think about this. I saw this TED talk and another piece. I couldn't quite find it, but this research on um, that was saying like that the longevity research was people who lived the longest. It was not things like physical health and things like and wealth that were determined, mm-hmm. but the number one was people who had good, close social interactions. And yeah. the number Two was actually people who had a lot of regular acquaintance interactions, just like casual interaction, um, which was like kind of surprising because, right, like who would think just casual acquaintance interaction would be such an important piece. But that made me think of this too, like, yeah, like there's all this research on like how we as people need to be around other people and our happiness and our longevity. Um, but it doesn't even always have to be like, this is my best friend. It could be like, I'm on my golf cart and I have to see these people a lot more frequently you know, than I than I would otherwise in other kinds mm. of communities. So, so, just, so being just in general, kind of like less isolated, right? Sure. Being less socially isolated. Exactly. And so then I did start doing more research on this. Wonderful. Um, and there is this researcher, Gillian Sandstrom, um, and a lot of Gillian's, her research was on this very thing. Um, one of her 
article says, social interactions and well-being, the surprising power of weak ties. And so all of this, um, the, what they call like minimal social interactions, right? As uh -huh. opposed to intense, deep connection with people. Yeah. Um, like how much benefit people get, you know, like these smaller interactions. Totally. Going yeah. to Starbucks and ordering your coffee and, and, and like just having a pleasant interaction with like totally. somebody in, in line or like with the cashier or something, right? Yes, it doesn't have to be like this, you know, soul-bearing, intense thing. Totally, um, totally. And that also made me think, like, as far as the work that we do with exposure, right? Like thinking of like hierarchies that, like, what is doable, difficult but doable. What are like realistic ways mm -hmm. to lean into it? That yeah, kind of supports that too. That it doesn't have to be like you do the hardest thing ever in starting to interact with people, but really like some of these much more doable interactions can have yeah. can have an impact. So I just felt like, so encouraging. Yeah. It's like such a bright spot in thinking about it. This is all like how the weird cycle of where my thoughts went to, but. Yeah, okay, so yeah, so so really specifically, it wasn't, it wasn't just that like social connection has all these benefits, it's that specifically it was, oh, yeah. kind of how, how minimal the, connection had to be in order for things to go well totally and then of course like my brain went to like social media and how that seems like that's going to be so helpful but it and i don't i don't know the reason maybe you know more of the research on this but that all the research that i had seen was on this actual like more face-to-face -face interaction yeah. with people so i don't know that that would probably be a good podcast for us to do in the future though you know, sort of an anxiety and social media and sort of like something about that. Cause it, that'd be cool to delve a little deeper into that research too. Yes. But, but yeah, but the thing of the face to face, yeah. So like the, the little, little face to face. So um, there was an article, this is based on an article I read years ago, but like I refer to that as like social snacks. Oh yes. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Remember this? So we talked talk about social snacking of like, you don't need, to have these sort of big meals all the time. You can just go get like a little bit of the connection here and a little bit of the connection there. And these little things help you um, sort of mood, mood wise as well. Um, yeah, so I actually talked to somebody, I don't know, maybe last week and that was their homework was go get some more social snacks. Not big things, just like low pressure, low demand interactions, but see how much of a difference that makes in your mood. And what did they notice? Um, one of the secrets of um, being a psychologist is that you give people homework and then they don't necessarily do the homework. Well, <laughs> because you know how it's going to turn out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I do it, it puts me in a great mood. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do think of that. Like there, there was this... Um, there was another, another study that I'd come across, like I, I don't have it all the details on me, but it was something along the lines of um, if you had a small, pleasant interaction with somebody in the morning, mm -hmm. their mood was higher in the evening. So it was just this little kind of social snack interaction, but that alone was measurably higher than the control group. That's so right. Like, yeah, makes it feel so much more 
doable. Like, I think that's one of the big barriers to this is like, oh man, I'm going to have to do things that are, you know, I'm not in the habit of doing that, things that are really scary, things that feel really overwhelming. Um, and even sometimes I feel that as a therapist, like where I want them to be, I'm like, oh, it just feels like there's a lot of change that has to happen. And it can be helpful for me myself to be like, hey, slow it down. Like, don't yeah. get into this belief that it has to be this all or nothing, like that these, these yeah. steps matter. You can be these little things, right? You know, um, which too, like when, when you're thinking about like exposures, like for social anxiety exposures, um, the sometimes the ones we start with are like walking around, like just smiling at people that you come across or walking around, like saying hi to people that you cross paths with, which is why for my like YouTube channel, I did those, those, uh, oh. those behavioral experiment exposure videos because it's just me doing that. Right. And that gets you some of this, just this, those little things that still give you a boost. Cause by mm. the end of it, you feel like you feel much more social. You feel in a better mood, even though it's just like saying hi as you cross paths with somebody. Yeah. Like gives you the sense of like the world is not such a dangerous, lonely mm-hmm. place. Totally. Yeah. Cause like in, in social anxiety, there's this, um, one concept, and I don't know if I called it this or I stole this from somebody, but it's this, um, it's the myth of the um, hyper-vigilant, hyper-critical audience. Mm. So this idea of like, because you say this all the time, un- until proven otherwise, everyone is considered to be aware of you, vigilant for all, like they're able to see all your flaws all the things that are wrong with you and be really critical about it. So just these people with high standards who are very judgmental until proven otherwise. And you get to have even like little interactions with people and you see very quickly, oh, they're just totally human. And they're like, Not they're like, like a, you know, yeah, yeah they want to be nice. They, they end up being dorks or whatever, you know, that they're like, they're just like normal humans. They like want to be polite. They want to be nice. Um, and sometimes too, like the ones who even look like intimidating or mean or something. As soon as you talk to them, they start smiling and they're like, you know, they're just up in their head or whatever. So I feel, I feel like even doing the, doing sure, these little things. Yeah. It's like disproving that it's disproving that everyone mm-hmm. around you is hypercritical and hypervigilant. And focused on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. eager to to find your flaws and um, crit- critique them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a client that she was telling me her husband wanted to go around and get like contact information for people on their block, and she was dreading this, but she didn't want him to go alone, so she went with him, and she's like, it was amazing. Like people invited us into their homes who didn't even know us, and like gave us a glass of wine, and we're like chatting. Yeah. Like I actually had. Fun. I never thought that would happen. I was like, yeah. right? Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't predict it, but yeah. You felt like, like most of the people were just kind of neutral, but then there were like some people who were like super friendly, and it's just like that's so, I don't know, like so heartwarming to like. I didn't even assign this to her. This is something she yeah. chose. To do. 
on her own and had like, yes, such a different ex response for like what her expectation or what anxiety's expectation totally. was. Totally. One, one of the, uh, the exposures I would do with people, um, which was kind of a fun one, was to like go around giving people compliments. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Because like it's easy to do. You don't have to sit around have a big conversation. It's like kind of low bar too. Maybe I'll do a video of me doing this too. But um, just like you just walk around and like compliment people on something as you kind of like walk past or whatever. And people really like it, right? Mm, you always yeah. think, like you think before doing it, oh my God, they're going to think I'm weird. They're going to like, why am I doing this? They're going to, you know, think whatever. But instead people like to be nice about oh, it. Yeah, because if you're walking on the street and somebody says to you like, nice shoes, you wouldn't be like, what a weirdo. <laughs> <You'd be> like, <laughs> yeah. Stop being friendly. <laughs> yeah. The taste I have. <laughs> uh, don't try to make me feel good, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's a, I don't know. Generally, friendliness is always appropriate. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of like your, what you were saying about historically about like politeness, like that, right? Like every society has that standard of politeness or that expectation mm. of politeness and for the same sort of piece right like that we all like it to us yeah. like it shows enough threat yeah um and right is a low bar right it makes you feel yeah. good and it's a low bar it's not like a humongous thing that you have to do mm -hmm. which right like fights some of that that all or nothing thinking mm -hmm. too, I'm going to invest in treatment or in changing this or yeah. feeling like I mm -hmm. have to like set this giant goal or this huge standard. And I'm, and it makes me think too of like with social anxiety where there is that overly high expectation for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like performance fun. demands are really, really high. I yeah. must be witty. I must be cool. I must be this. I must not look awkward. Yeah. And so having this even as like a challenge to that belief, like, look, you succeeded, mm -hmm. it went well, but yeah. you didn't have to be whatever, the wittiest, funniest. Totally. Yes, you don't have to be that at all. Mm -hmm. And you can like, still get like good feedback and good feelings. Yeah, yourself and good, good benefits, good mm -hmm. responses. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I really do think that, that, that for like, um, for socializing, that the basic fundamental social skills that you were like taught as a kid are like the most important ones, you know, just like, um, Treat smile. Like yeah. You know, smiling, saying, <laughs> saying hi, being nice. Ask, yeah. Right. Be, be warm, not in a dramatic way, but just like basically polite and friendly. Uh, and then if it goes a little further, ask some questions and self-disclose a bit. Like like the fundam all the research I get into and all the testing and do on this, the simplest, most fundamental stuff it is makes up the bulk of the the the, the variance for this, you know. If you can yeah. do all that stuff, it makes up the bulk of it. Then on top of that, there's being super witty and being super cool and but sounding and tell. That's all on top of the basics though. With mm. the basics, you get you're gonna have pleasant conversations with a lot of people, and you can be a good so friend. So, what just do you doing find since you do a lot? Of Wait, sorry, the video sorry, was funky you, there. What did you say? Um, 
I'm not sure. You cut out for a second. Oh. Yeah. Were know. you asking a question? Oh, yes. Yeah. So this is something that you do so much more frequently than I do. What do you find are like the barriers to people doing even like the doable steps, right? The social snacks or the smaller compliments. I mean, so like, I mean it's, it's a, I, I mean, I think it's that prediction of, I don't have a, a re, an excuse to do this. I'm going to appear to be weird if I do this. And like, when you imagine what is the, what's your anxious brain predicting the, the outcome is it's making you anxious. And it's normally some version of, they're going to give me that weird, like, ugh, like re rejecting disgust kind of look. So, I mean, that's what's, that's what I find tends to stop people. Plus, honestly, like, um, and this may not be what you're asking, but plus just the, um, the patterned routine of people's lives. Cause like, um, change your habits. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, I think especially in Texas, right. There can be a habit of, I get up, I go walk to my car, I drive to my job, I go sit in my job area or whatever. If some I only engage people that happen to be engaging with me in that setting, then I get back in my car and I go home and I have dinner and I watch TV and I go to bed. Yeah. Like, like it's a, it's very easy to get in a routine where you're not around people and there's no opportunity to interact. Like I will generally like have to help people find yeah. where they can even be around people. Sure. It's cause I mean, right? social phobia, it is a phobia, but thinking of like with clients with, phobias when you have them like start to fill out like a thought record mm -hmm. anxious throughout the week like fill this out you know what was the situation what were you feeling yeah. emotionally what were the what were the anxious thoughts mm -hmm. and I've had clients be like well I never I'm around snakes or I never put myself you know fly yeah. or do the thing so I yeah. there's none and so it is that like that avoidance I've worked so much avoidance into my life that I don't ever have to actually do this thing so yeah yeah trying to reduce yeah. the avoidance yeah I mean in doing this too and thinking about this topic it also made me think of like write a lot of like working from home piece, oh, totally right? yeah if you're not even around people yeah even works yeah. not and you don't even leave your house for that or like going to school online right like mm -hmm. there's there's much less yeah, opportunity to try this out or to have it, you know, really take some effort to make it happen, to experience, to face it. Yeah. Something where you get a lot of organic opportunities for it. Totally, which is, which is, yeah, different to like, like you think ideal circumstances, you walk to work or get a train or something, and then you're around a bunch of people and your job involves you interacting with many people and then you walk home and you go go to the go to the restaurant and mm -hmm. be there with people or meet up with friends or go to a club, you know. And then you come home. That you know that puts you around people all the time. But a lot of times, just the pattern of life is not that's not the routine. Sure. Well, we can get to it in another podcast. But even especially like in this day and age, where if you want to avoid 
actual interaction with people, it's pretty easy to do. Easier than ever, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you get the the faux you get the faux experience of connection through um, like Facebook or something. Which even then, like, right? What are some realistic, doable ways to get some social snacks? Like, have food delivered. <laughs> have your favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, so really, I mean, I do find with like, there's a sort of a oh, is it dog there? Um, there's there's a <laughs> very nice. Um, oh, actually, that does bring up a very good um, way of getting some social snacks, which is have a dog and walk around. Mm -hmm. Right. There's yeah. Uh, there's even believe it or not, research on this. <laughs> you go get a dog and walk around. You'll talk to more people because, like, dog owners will meet each other because dogs will say hi to dogs. But also people will talk to you if you have a dog. Sure. So that's a that's actually a good way of meeting people. Well, yes, I'm thinking about like when you said like here in Texas, like it's hot. So uh -huh. people are, we, in our neighborhood, even like everybody walks their dogs at the same time. Cause like when it's gonna be a little cooler out? Cause nobody cooler, yeah. walk their dog, their poor like fur-coated dog when yeah. it's outside. So yes, it's often, again, that piece of just like, hi, how are you? Not like a- Right, not some big in-depth thing. Just like, yeah. just a warm yeah. greeting with somebody. Like a little, exactly. little miniature connection. Yes, so definitely that, uh, yeah, minimal social interaction piece, um, which counts. Yeah, which and helps you feel like more connected and part of humanity and part of the neighborhood and. Totally, and, and also the, you know, just the, the, the benefit of kind of having those small level um, connection goals um, is, well, one, it, like it lowers that performance standard and pressure down to like, oh, it's just this little thing I'm doing. I'm just saying hi to someone as I walk past. I'm just smiling at somebody. I'm just, you know, giving a compliment, whatever it is, like some little thing. Um, if you're doing that within a community, you're not trying to force anything. You're not trying to like force, oh, I need to get this. I need to be dating somebody. I need to have a close friend, you know. I looked at the research and being married makes you much happier and healthier and you live longer or whatever it is. Only here, man. That's, that's, <laughs> that's <true. laughs> um, but aiming like way lower this stuff is doable the, the pressure's down it's not so stressful it's a lot of these little things but if you look at kind of the organically like how relationships develop it doesn't develop like oh i went to this place and i met this one person and it was so cool we hit it off immediately and we talked all night and now we're like going to become great friends mm -hmm. or we, we're like we're, we're so into each other now we're dating it, it like the way that it sort of organically real life tends to work right is you plant all these little seeds everywhere and life like life circumstances or whatever mean you come across some people more often than others you have that repeated interaction with some people and some of those the little seeds you, that you've planted 
some of them start to actually grow. And, and before you, you know it, if you've done the fundamentals, the low-level stuff, the high-level stuff starts starts sort of um, blooming, blossoming. And then all, all of a sudden you got some friends or you yeah. like, yeah, you meet people you like. Well, it made me think of like in doing this research coming across that it was like the magical 30 hours of contact is when somebody moves from being an acquaintance to being considered a friend. Um, Wait, like what is that? What is that research? I, I, oh, I, I saw that. I feel, have we not talked about that before? I feel like we talked about that before. If so, I, I totally forgot it. That um, it was like 30 hours when people would start reporting that like, after 30 hours of contact with the same person, right? Like yeah. not not 30 straight hours, but like cumulative 30 hours uh -huh. was when people started calling people like their friend and not just like an acquaintance, like would change their classification of them, which makes you think of what you're talking about. like. You see somebody kind of over and over and over, even like totally. it's all contact, repeated contact, right? repeated contact. Yeah, yeah. to the same. We, yeah, like we're built to have stranger anxiety. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what? We're built to have stranger anxiety, like built to have that sort of distinct from like social anxiety, because social anxiety is a lot more avoidance, but like that stranger anxiety of like we're not as comfortable with someone when we first meet them. And so we need that little bit of that, that the fundamentals again and again and again. And then we start to get comfortable and then we start to feel connected. Mm -hmm. And that gets us into like the sort of the social, again, the low level, not stressful social basics of like, if you self-disclose to people, you tell them things about yourself, you like them more. And if someone tells you things you like them more like that's that pattern that pattern of connection but it's got to happen like again and again and again and over time that like a connection forms it's not forced and it doesn't happen with everybody it's like whoever you know you well you, it is like, that piece works out with some people yeah where like if i offer a vulnerability and somebody doesn't meet me where it is right like that that friendship yeah. is going to blossom but if I offer a vulnerability and they're supportive and then they meet me with a vulnerability or like they go a little more, right? It's like the meeting. Totally. It takes, it takes it a little deeper. Mm -hmm. But it is that piece of like, we have to like kind of meet on similar grounds. And if it mm -hmm. feels like it's very off in how much we're each being vulnerable and yeah. sharing, then like that, that friendship is probably going to stay at that level. It's probably not going to. Totally. Which okay. is also like fine because mm -hmm. there's plenty of people that you don't want to like be vulnerable with, you know? That's the thing too. It's like, right? Like these having acquaintances or these like kind of minimal social contacts are valuable in and of themselves. It's not yeah. like you need, need to become all that stuff. Yeah. need every, you know, all the 300 people you might see in a day yeah. to become your best friend. And, like, and honestly too, this, this, um, I guess relates to what you're saying, but um, you also, like, as far as having, like, close connections, you don't need a ton of them. Like, kind of in the research from what I understand, it's like having one is, like, good. You know, like, like the, um, the, the, the research for sort of the long-term outcomes of being, like, socially isolated are, like, pretty bad. Um, like the mortality rates and the like health risks are like 
drastically bad if you're like isolated like socially isolated but having just like one kind of supportive person like one is enough to you i i think that yeah it makes a big difference sure so but yeah everyone doesn't have to be this like close friend just just having these positive interactions you know could be enough yeah well and that's what i liked about seeing all this and i think every like um you know media article i'd read about it was like this is surprising but because we mm-hmm. There's so much historical research on, yes, like social isolation is not good for you psychologically or physically, Mm -hmm. you know, or mortality rates, all these things. But there had been so much less about, it's much more recent, the research on like, well, what about acquaintances? Because we all have, you know, can be like all the people you actually just see in a day. You know, I read a study that was like on average, it's like 400 people that you just, you know, you might not even talk to, you just see. Yeah. Yeah, then it's like you've seen it multiple times or whatever. Sure. And that, like, you might actually, like, say hi to, like, 10 to 20 people a day. And that, like, Mm -hmm. those count. Those, like, have an effect on you. Those, like, it feels like it, right? Like, like, sort of, like, anecdotally, it sure feels, it sure feels like that. Mm -hmm. I feel so much happier in that kind of situation than I do if I'm isolated but still have good friends, you know? Yeah. Well, it also made me think of that research then historically that like how retirement was hard on people because they weren't having so much social interaction. And it's not that like everybody at your work is your best friend always, but even just coming in and saying like, hi, how was that weekend? Hi, have a great day kind of thing, right? Like, it matters. Yeah. And and it's true, like the, the people that work from home have a lot of have a lot of struggles with this stuff. You really have to go create situations. Like, like even for me, just like going to, um, going and I, I go to like probably the, the same coffee shop most days for some chunk of time, and like I see some of the same people, mm-hmm. but it's the same. It's certainly the same handful of like people at the register taking the order. Yeah. Do they know your order? Um. Uh, no, because I kind of change it up sometimes. Oh. But like, I, but I, but I'm at the stage where I'm like, you know, we're starting to recognize each other, you know. And there's like one guy who I end up having more of a talk to and discover that he was a singer-songwriter, and then he invited me to his show, and you know, yeah. This and this is like kind of what happens, right? Over You're time. Five years of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it just builds up over time, but. I've always liked my, uh, uh, like, when I would think to myself, and I know this is, like, kind of me personally, but, like, um, this resonates for me, because when I've imagined, like, oh, man, what would I like my life to look like? And what I think of are, like, those um, Adam Sandler movies where, like, he lives, like, in some town, and, like, he knows everybody. He, like, walks past and, like, says hi to this person, and then there's, like, some weird guy who, like, stumbles around and he's like hey joe you know <laughs> i'm like yes that's kind of what i like you know they're not all your best friends but you know you got a bunch of it's kind of no like and to me like that's what i that to me is what com, the idea of community feels like mm-hmm. like this community is not like i'm best friends with everybody totally 
it's it's partly like you just like know people in your in your area and you can have those those lower level interactions which yeah i think of like i this is personal but i think um austin was a very tough place to come to i just didn't it took a while for me to feel like at ease and at home here and i think so much of why i feel so good now in my life it's really been within the past couple years when my daughter started elementary school and there is such a community kind of like everybody's your best friend at all but definitely like i'm like hi 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 yeah you know you you just know everybody right as you're like doing the drop off yeah just yeah like saying hello to all these acquaintances like you know your kid or kind of function before and or have like a chit chat at some point and it's just like oh yeah face. and I'm gonna just say like have a good day and it does it feels like wow I feel really this sense of of community and like belonging and yeah yeah, yeah. and and that is a little community like honestly that's like one of the things that I when people are trying to build up like um one of the biggest risk factors for loneliness is having moved. I mean, I like, could, I people, think the fear of moving anywhere is so hard. Yeah, people like underestimate it, but it's like just in the research on it, it's one of the biggest drivers of it. Because yeah, you're, you're leaving somewhere that where you've already established relationships, you already have it all built in. To start fresh, it's just it's really hard to do. So Austin is a place that a lot of people move to. Yeah, I believe it's, I'm not sure if it is currently, but for many years, it was the number one yeah. like city that the most people were moving to each year. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I remember seeing the newspaper were like, Austin, number one again in fastest growing city. You know? In lonely people. <laughs> yeah. And so like what that translated to is, yeah, a whole lot of people who were entering into a lonely genic situation. Mm. That's, that's not a word, but it should be. Um. And so having to like work with, well, how do we, like that community that you mentioned of like, oh, I have this place that I go and I know all these people. That was, you know, logistically you ended up with that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if you come and don't have a community, getting that kind of thing is like so valuable. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how, how can you start that? Where can you find your community? Like where can you, knowing that you didn't enter the first day and like, oh, this is great. You had to have those repeated contacts again totally. and again and again before it, it developed. Yes. But then yeah, if you're brand new to some place, you haven't put in any hours in seeing people repeatedly. <laughs> like, yeah. is, it's the first time. Totally, yeah. yeah. And so it's this difficult thing of like, yeah, where do you, where will you find that community? You know, like, is it your neighbors? You know, if a lot of apartment complexes, you, don't know anybody mm-hmm. you just live in your apartment and nobody else some of them have social events which is like much cooler the last few i've been in have been places that have regular social events it's so much nicer for me um but then then otherwise we're looking at well clubs are there organizations like what kind of setup can i have um or do you become a regular at a place mm-hmm. you get to know the people there like yeah, coffee shop, cheers, you know, 
like something <laughs> some version of that kind of community um yeah or is it a work thing mm -hmm. or is it multiple you know which i hadn't thought of it from like this standpoint but i often will think of like we've talked about this before like um work therapy <laughs> like especially when people are struggling with depression or even anxiety yeah. so much because you're so much engaged up in your head with your thoughts and you're not mm -hmm. there's something like forcing your attention yeah, to, to externalize out yeah. of out, out yeah. of rumination yeah i thought of that always as like why it was so helpful for people to like get a part-time job or you know go back to school or like get a volunteer position mm -hmm. it's like work therapy, but also like this piece of like yeah that being around other people and even just having people you see on a consistent basis even if they're not your best friends like can contribute to improving yeah yeah it's a mood booster mm-hmm and there yeah there is that yeah like oh this person that i see every wednesday even if we're not having like these in-depth conversations but you know mm -hmm. saying like hi or show me how to use the copier or whatever like <laughs> yeah. counts yeah like, um small ones yeah uh, I came across some research once um, on it, it's it, it was seeing your dog made me think of this, but that research on like dogs and to the extent that dogs have this, have some of the same benefit, like having a dog has some of the same benefits of having a friend, and they're trying to sort of work out why, you know, is it directly from the dog? Is it like a social thing? Is it having more fun? Is it meeting other people with dogs? Like what, what draws it? But, um, and I'm not sure that I think it was more a question than an answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was, I was just, yeah, thinking about how, you know, the role that like kind of pets can have in some of, some of that stuff too, of like taking care of some of the concerns. And I, I was thinking about it partly cause I'm like, we're talking about, getting these kind of like doing what is honestly like the hard work of investing into things like the hard work of like investing time and energy over time into building up um like these little kind of little drops little social snacks of building up connections with people um and if you're not doing that like what are you doing instead um and I think about like in some ways like people spend most of their like well not most a lot of their free time just like on the internet or watching like entertainment right mm -hmm. just investing into those things but, but yeah but what comes of that kind of you know like, like i guess i think about like sitcoms or whatever where our attachment system still works even though we're watching a show so if a show's on for a long time, you get very connected oh, yes. to these characters. It's sure. almost like you've invested all this, how many hours into those characters, and they become like your friends Sure. to your emotional brain, right? Something good happens to them, you're happy. Something bad happens to them, you're upset. If they start, like, burning everybody, yeah, like in the city, you get really upset. Right, and because these are like a horrible reference. <laughs> characters that yeah, but 
but I do think like that's one of the ways that <laughs> one of the ways that some of this happens. Like, I'm not sure about anything to back this up, but this is just like this is like theoretically, it seems to me that same attachment process happens with like entertainment you, and things. Like, root for, cheer for. Yeah, or just like whatever, like people. you watch The Office or something, and you start to which we are care about care about people you, you're watching it at the moment yes we've been through like my husband and i've been through like every other show that we agree on <laughs> <laughs> all that's left now is like re-watching the office um yeah. Mm. Yeah. um any different any, anything different of an experience watching it this time um well i was not married the last time i was watching it um i think i probably watched it with like my roommate Congrats, goal. Um, and so it is funny, like, my husband's like, you know, like, well, I don't understand Pam, why she's doing this. And he's like, honey, they're trying to show, like, set up this, you know, uh-huh. romance to keep you invested and keep, keep you going. tension going. Ah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yes, yeah, sure. Okay. Like, I mean, nice I, I, and I was I was asking partly because like I am also <gasps> rewatching The Office. Yes. Which is why it was my reference point. Oh. Um, and I was struck the second time through by kind of how overall mean spirited of a show it is. I so my husband said that sorry millennials that millennials maybe he read an article on this. Yeah did not enjoy The Office because of its politically incorrectness. Uh-huh. It was, like, over the top and then mean. It was, it was because it, it sort of had this, like, oh, we're the two cool kids and we're going to, like, make fun of this guy with Asperger's, you know? It was, I was like, like, you know, I think it's probably a Ricky Gervais thing overall, but, but yeah, I did notice. I was like, oh, huh, I'm having a very different experience watching this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always, yeah. Anyways, this is probably not the massive point that we're making here in this podcast, but <laughs> um, but I do think like those kind of shows, this is theoretically for me, I think that those shows, I think we still connect with those. And I think those give you some of this feeling of like, oh, I know people. Those are like my friends. Those are my acquaintances. But Which on the office, not. when Jim asks Kelly Kapoor, he's like, how's your life been? And she's like, well, Brad and, Brad and Angelina had a baby, and it's beautiful. And like somebody else. Yeah, was, and like, totally. I think like your life going. She's like, I just told you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that's honestly that's a good point because I think like that's what a lot of that gossip and celebrity stuff is. We still we connect as though we know these people, mm-hmm. as though they are part of our social world, and we have these reactions. Both mm-hmm. happiness and sadness and anger, and someone says something bad about this person that we've watched on whatever, we get mad and want to defend. You know, mm-hmm. it's this. I, I think it's that. It's like, but I guess my instinct is that that is not helpful. Except the only way I can see that as helpful is like it does create this content for you to have a low-level, easy connection with other people, right? Like ah, you, totally, did yeah. Did you watch The Office last night? Totally. Or what do you think of Game of Thrones? And everybody is like, 
talking about this and has an opinion and sharing and expressing and that, so this that like cultural totally phenomenon that people can actually connect over, I think has some like totally some that benefit. that part does. If you're trying to get your connection needs met through the show itself, sure. you're in trouble. If you're using that as a connection point, like a Awesome. I, I, I had so many bonding conversations about Game of Thrones over whatever the last few years. Um, but it last also makes me... few months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, last few months. <laughs> um, but it makes you think, too, of that, of that research on if you watch TV, the more TV you watch, you, you know, the worse you end up feeling, like the lower your mood gets, kind of like as a regular thing. But... I believe the caveat is if you sit and watch it with people and you're talking about what's happening as it's happening yeah. and you're like. Yeah, like watch parties or like uh, totally. parties and like where that is like yeah. content or the fodder for like what you're using to connect. Totally. Over. That's totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like, right. Like I talk about this with my kids about my kids. Um, that like, I want them to have some, you know, I don't want them to be totally screen free and media free because those were the kids in school who were like, I never watched TV. They didn't know any of the like cultural. Yeah, and it's hard. Stuff. It's hard. It's hard to bond if that's one of the main bonding like, points, right? Like one of the things that you talk about in school the next day or whatever, yeah. you're left out. So yeah, well, it's 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 like being like not acculturated. Mm-hmm. It's a big piece of the culture. Mm-hmm. And so this, like, yeah, it might not be great to be, yeah, all screens all the time, but, like, mm-hmm. there's some benefit to some of this craft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, like, it's, if you use it in the right ways, right? If you use it use with this, getting yourself this face-to-face connection points, you know, you can use it on those levels. Post like, a substitute for that. Exactly. So a substitute for it. It's not going to replace it, you know, but it'll be a way of connecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So well, anything else? Watch some TV. Yeah. Some rewatch the office. <laughs> I mean, you're right. No, they are, they are jerks. And like Michael Scott is like, on the one hand, you feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for him. But on the other hand, you're like, he's a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I like his character a lot. It it uh, it resonates a lot. <laughs> You're a terrible person. A, and... Terrible, also pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like him. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and and anything else with with this particular topic? Do we kind of get him to what you were hoping to? I mean, yes. I just thought of this as like clearly there is a need for us to talk more about some social anxiety stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Just in the lots of feedback we've been getting from our vast audience. (laughs) But, um, and then having this kind of like organic thing come up and talking with someone about some of these things and then seeing some of this research, like that it doesn't have, the bar is not as high as people think it has to be. Totally. Which is one of the biggest, biggest things you're working on with social anxiety is bringing that performance demand. I must be this great. Bringing that down low enough to like, well, let's just test this like real low level thing 
and then you get to see really what happens and then it's much easier to find out where is like where is the actual acceptability line mm-hmm. yeah just something simpler and easier and smaller and it's even like we've been talking like it's building these new things a lot of times it's just like you've already got people in your social network that you are not Engaging investing in like Let's invest in those people check out somebody checking you out at the grocery store even if you're like having your groceries delivered or you know picking mm-hmm. them up like yeah there's still a person there so there's still a person ask them how they're doing so thing you know or like um yeah someone that you see regularly don't really engage with or people who are like um low level acquaintances well you don't know anything about them mm-hmm. and like next time you can ask them something something new like maybe a co-worker who's not even like acquaintance level yet you know like how's we weekend yeah there's there's normally like when we looked when we look for it there are normally plenty of people who could be invested in you know and that could expand the amount of pleasant interactions a lot of times we are either out of habit or fear avoiding a lot of potential engagements mm-hmm. yeah so t- taking advantage of those as well as then the stuff we mentioned about sort of slowly slowly building but in these little easy to accomplish ways mm-hmm. yeah i love it i love i always love the like doable steps manageable mm-hmm. chunks i just think that that is like so important in this work because there's so much right like fear and avoidance how do you yeah. make that first initial step mm-hmm. as possible mm-hmm. totally best best step is one away from where you are no giant leaps Mhm. Mhm. Awesome. Great. Yeah, great. Okay. Anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is cuz it's like a social anxiety and a loneliness one. Yeah. Cuz lo- loneliness is a big heavy topic. Yeah. 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 Sure. We could talk more about it another time. Oh, yeah. Take doable steps. Yeah, doable steps. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening thanks for tuning yeah. in yeah thank, thanks for listening hope you enjoyed it got someone useful out of it yes please be sure to contact us with your questions and comments and all the you know flooding our inboxes thus far and yeah. just keep it coming <laughs> yeah um, yeah please please uh yep yeah. rate us you know subscribe to us Yes. Send us ideas. Yes. Um, my email address is Marianne at anxietyawesome.com. And somebody has a fantastic new website where they can find you and check out more of your great content. And this is yeah. A- so it's yeah. Go to, it's just my name.com. So thomassmithman.com. Feel feel free to go there and check it out if you're interested in doing some treatment on this social anxiety and loneliness and whatnot can find me on there too um yeah we will see you next time yeah see you next time bye-bye bye